Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. We say things that don't mean anything, but thanks for listening. Hello, everybody, and welcome to We Say Things, episode 205, sponsored by Manscaped. Public service announcement. Attention, all my bearded beasts from stubble to mane. If you didn't already know, Manscaped now sells beard products. You heard that correctly. The leaders in below-the-waist grooming changed the game with their Beard Hedger Pro Kit, and now they're going a step further with their brand-new Handyman, an electric face shaver for a quick and convenient way to achieve a clean-shaven look. When you're looking to sharpen up your neckline or give your face that smooth finish, the Handyman has you covered. Go to manscaped.com and use the code we say things 20 for 20% off and free shipping. It's time to go from five o'clock shady to yeah, baby, winky face. Winky face. <laughs> I was hoping you would read out the winky face. Of course I would. Of course. Wonderful. All right. Good stuff. Uh, I'm assuming you haven't tried this one, right? I haven't, I haven't tried this. It's very uh, new, right? Not yet. Oh. Yeah. Just arrived recently. So, uh, but yeah, they... As we've talked about many a time, they sponsor this show. They help us out a lot. They have tons of products. Basically, when you enter your bathroom, they have everything for grooming yourself. Like literally every single product now, except for the toilet itself. Soon to come, perhaps. Yeah, and the bidet. I mean, that goes with the toilet. But Mm. So yeah, go to manscaped.com and use the code WESAYTHINGS20 for 20% off and free shipping. Thank you. Thank you. Also, thank you to our In Bruges tier. I believe it's your turn to do the first half, Cinder. Okay. Uh, thank you to the Shazcast, Suns fans, Sauna Scrote. Mr. I love the NBA segment. My dear Suns fan, the World Cup is not only the so- name of the soccer tournament, but also the name of, I believe the rest of this says, the, basket- or the basketball tournament. And they wanted to talk about the World Cup of basketball. Okay. Uh, someone pointed that out to me on stream yesterday or the day before. Well, technically, it's FIBA right I now, don't know if which you're is following a lead-up to the Olympics, which is the World Cup, I mm. thought. But I do not follow it either way. So, yes, thank you. I only you. care about the NA baskets. That's right. Monkey Man is going to TI for the low price of one kidney. Gaben used Janata on me. Pepperballs, T-Coil, Rupus. Q Lutz is asking us, to, us not to jinx puppy. Okay, well, good luck to him today. Uh, bad, bad luck something stupid co-pilot d2 bowie lab dota yatoro does it again cinderin magdev valve something something asses something something marketing millions of active players communication suns fan warned us disco farm d and retail ronnie and the deep deep discounts thank you also to the mega pope take the road and miss the fun the international is downfall has begun ti in new zealand Oh, the internationals. The internationals. Oh, sorry about yeah. that. Zan Xavier, Nate Thicko, Zero One, Hamstrings, Shark TM, Antiquely Season Goat Balls, 
Janie, Dop, nothing to see here, underscore man, guitar strings, Eve Remort, Ben Broomhead is Ben Broomhead is Ben Broomhead, wooden aftertaste, anonymous, and whips crack due to the tip breaking the sound barrier, creating a mini sonic boom, Mr. Niebling. I always found that cool as well. That is very what? cool. I, mean, I had no idea that that was what happened. You've heard a whip crack before. Yeah, right? yeah. I didn't know it has to do with that, though. It's cool. Very Never cool. crossed mine. It breaks the sound barrier. Little mini yeah. sonic boom. All right, so I think we have a non-NBA segment to start us out today, Sindarin. Yes, today I have a little bit of a segment because um, last Thursday at midnight, a game that I had been anticipating came out. And it was a, oh, well, a game, I shouldn't say. Um, the servers for WoW Classic Hardcore came out uh, last Thursday, European Midnight. And I thought I would share my experience with this because I think whether you enjoy WoW or not, I think the perspective and the experience I've had was kind of interesting so far. Uh, so, yeah, like I said, I've played for roughly a week now. Um, and... What was really fascinating about it, so to give you some context, what World of Warcraft Hardcore is, is you're playing the original level 60 version of the game, but with a couple of changes. The, and obviously the number one change, which eclipses everything, is if your character dies, it is gone for good on the server. So you play Deathless. Uh, it's a challenge that other people have given themselves for fun in the past, but now there's an official server that supports that system. Um, there's a couple of changes following it to or accompanying it to make the server function such as you cannot resurrect players obviously uh and the way pvp works is a bit different um but in general this experience has been really really cool for me and what i wanted to talk about is how it makes people interact in the game because i think it's kind of telling about how people are invested in games and how they communicate so in general WoW Classic from when it came out back in 2019 that I've also been playing, uh, the game is obviously very figured out. People know it because it's an old game. And a lot of the time, you know, you just kind of scoot by. If something goes wrong, it's whatever. You try to min-max and be optimal about certain things. My gameplay experience with this has been really different because the stakes are high. So I've been streaming my journey so far. And you can tell that it's a lot more like tense because you can't make a single mistake. The way you work together with other people is way more like the communication and the way people help each other reminds me of when the game came out originally, where mm. even small things uh, meant a great deal to people, like getting a little enchant or getting help with a quest or getting advice or working together on something difficult. Uh, so... I just wanted to say that I found this really refreshing and I'm having a blast. Uh, and I would recommend to anyone that has played Classic WoW in the past to try this experience and obviously be wary of the stakes that you need to be willing to accept that you sink in a lot of hours in this. And if you fuck up, your character is gone. What happens when you die is your character gets transferred to the era servers, which is the servers that are not hardcore. So the character doesn't automatically get deleted but you do no longer have access to the character on the hardcore server. Mm. Um, it was pretty cool uh, so far. I'm, I'm decently far um, so far in the game, and uh, I can really feel that the way I'm interacting with the game and my overall experience is a lot more exciting. Um, the, way, the way I talk to the people I play with, the way I talk to stream, the way you plan things to make them safe... Um, yeah, you just approach the game in a completely different way. So that's really cool, and I wanted to mention that. And yeah. on the topic of well, that... Hold on. Sorry. Can I not yep. talk about it too? 
Okay, of course. I allow course. you to talk about bat, like make your stupid basketball joke. Yes, go ahead. I think so. First of all, that's really cool, and I think that would make a very good topic for somebody's uh, master's thesis or doctor, whatever, as a psychologist or something. That's actually mm -hmm. quite interesting. The effect that uh, something like that can have on just communication and how, like, the toxicity or whatever the case may be. That's it is very interesting to think about. The moment you said that would make an interesting thesis, the the way I th I thought you were making a dumb joke and your mind was going somewhere, it would be interesting to see how people would approach their master's thesis if it was hardcore, so if you failed it, you would die. <laughs> that would also be interesting. Like, <laughs> that would indeed be really fucking interesting. Hey, if but we're yeah, all I in agree. a simulation, we're, you know, maybe ours is not the most <laughs> hardcore of said things. People that get Fs on their test just fucking die in high school <laughs> at the restart the simulation i mean why not yeah um yeah and on on the topic of this as i mentioned i've been documenting my entire journey on my stream and it, i just when i thought about talking about this on the podcast i realized we haven't really been promoting our personal streams very much right like there's a lot of people that listen to this podcast every week but don't necessarily see it live and i just wanted to mention if you guys are interested in what we play and what we do on stream uh, sun's fan stream is twitch.tv slash sunsfantv and mine is twitch.tv slash cinderin and we have both been streaming quite regularly recently i mean obviously i took a very long break uh for a few months as a matter of fact but i am back in full swing and you've been streaming multiple times a week i want to say over the last couple of weeks at least maybe months for even. me i've been trying to do monday wednesday friday which yeah. depends on where you live i guess for eu it would be tuesday thursday uh saturday technically mm -hmm. and the primary things both of us stream are dota right we, we both primarily stream dota and dota content but like i said for me personally right now i have this other thing that i'm also streaming i think you sometimes stream shooters uh valorant and csgo right um nah, not much anymore i think when cs2 officially anymore. comes out i'll start playing that yeah you'll definitely more. be streaming that i'm sure so that will be your WoW Classic Hardcore when that comes That's out. Right. But yeah, check out our streams if you haven't already. Um, there's a good chance you'll enjoy some of the content we put out there. So just a little little highlight of that. Cool. Good okay. advertisement, uh, Cinderin. Thank my, you. That was my topic. Yeah, you're welcome. I mean, it's our podcast. We can advertise whatever we want. That's so true. That's why true. not ourselves? You know? That is a great point. We should do that more. We should have merch. Have we talked about that before, that we need merch? Yeah, yeah that's <laughs> probably a good idea, you know? Yeah. Um, uh, anyway, we can talk now about the TI qualifiers and the standings yes. of things that we have not uh, covered as of last week. So we've talked about North America and China. So who that I have not been okay. I know people get mad at me for this. I've not been watching many games. It looks like Eastern Europe is finished. Mm-hmm. And Virtus Pro will move on as they beat one move in the grand finals three to zero. I believe we you should remember, chose them. Yeah, we need to follow up on our predictions, right? So we both had nouns mm -hmm. in NA. And we both had Azure in China. Yeah. And then in Eastern Europe, I had VP and you had Nemega and VP won. And Nemega got uh they got beat after they went. They got seventh, eighth. Yeah, they were. They did very badly. Okay. 
Uh, so it's, yeah, it's binary though. It's win loss, by the way. Okay. Well, I feel like it's high as a tiebreaker. If I have the same score, sure. it has to be about who has the highest average placement. That's fine. Right? That's but yeah, fine. for now it's binary. Yeah, I mean, what is there really to say? VP just crushed this qualifier. They lost one game in the bracket in the upper semis to Navi, and that was a seventy-two minute game. So even the loss they had was mega close. Aside from that, they just ran over everyone, and the finals were not even remotely close. Like the games were half an hour. So. Which on this patch apparently is very short. That that is fast, yeah. Uh, so big congrats to them, and obviously the most notable player in this team that most Western fans would know would be FNG, who is now back at TI once again. Uh, and I'm curious to see how well this team does. There's a little bit of an asterisk here, obviously, to keep in mind about the Eastern European region that the two best teams in the region were obviously directly qualified, which are Betboom and Nine Pandas. So VP did not have to play against the toughest competition in the region, but they make a case for themselves being at least a clear third here. Mm -hmm. um, and maybe they're on the, on the up and up and they could be one of the front runners for, for Eastern Europe at TI. But yeah, great, great performance from them. Not really, yeah, not really that exciting, to be honest, because they just ran them over. Um, did we cover SA last week? No. I think we did not. And wait, it, it also wasn't over last week. Was it was it? not over. No. Right. There we go. That's why it was over shortly after last week's episode. Uh, you catch up, Shannon, because you were right. You picked, T, you picked Thunder Awaken and Keyed Stars to I make did? it. Are you sure? Yes. And they made it. Oh, that's because it has Costa Bile on it. Yep. That's right. You got both teams right, and <laughs> you even said you were believing in Keyed Stars specifically because of Costa Bile, and they got first place. So Hell what, do you yeah. know? <laughs> what an outstanding performance from you. What did you pick? And I picked Thunder Awaken and Akatsuki, Okay. which is, I get one point for Thunder, and Akatsuki got third. So it was pretty close, mm -hmm. and Akatsuki were actually in the upper bracket finals, where they lost to Keyed Stars 2-0, and then they lost to Thunder 2-0 in the lower finals, and therefore did not quite make it. That's... It's got to be so sad to be this close and then miss it, right? When you're in the upper finals and then you lose twice back-to-back -back after just, you know, going there in the shortest possible path, as you would if you're in the upper finals, is, uh, is kind, of, kind of crushing. So unfortunate for Akatsuki that they just barely miss out, but congratulations to the other two. Um... And then the last two regions are not quite done technically, but SCA is very close to being done. Might be yeah. done by the end of this podcast. Right now, I think they're playing in the finals, best of five, Team SMG versus Blacklist International. SMG is up 2-0 already. I picked Blacklist to win. I remember that. I don't remember who you picked. Please tell me it's not I SMG. Picked, I picked Bleed. Oh, thank God. And they got fifth, sixth. So no matter what happens in this finals, you up me on proximity. But yeah, it looks like like currently with the status, this looks like SMG should be should be able to grab it right with that advantage that they currently have. The impressive so. thing is SMG two owed them blacklist. Mm -hmm. They two owed them in the upper bracket finals, and they're facing them again. They're already up two zero, so that's four in a row. Yeah, that's pretty emphatic. And we should mention this SMG team. I think we mentioned one of the previous episodes that they have no one on mid. So this would be the first time ever that I can think of that an Eastern European player qualifies to TI with an SEA team. SEA I do not think team. that has ever happened before. See, Resolution right? has done it for a bunch of regions. Who else would there be? Uh, is that true? Yeah, I mean... 
Yeah, SCA, you don't see a lot of Westerners in general go there. I can't think of it, at least. Yeah, you might be right. So Nico Baby has played at TI with an SEA team, is correct. Somebody's pointing Nico Baby out in chat, but first of all, he is not from Eastern Europe. I guess, I mean, it depends on how you define that, right? But he, he's been, always been playing in the Western Europe qualifiers. Where, where do you draw the line for Eastern Europe, actually? You tell me, you're from Europe. <laughs> I mean, he's Bulgarian. I would not consider that Eastern Europe and Dota, uh, in Dota perspective, at least. Um, mm. Let's look at a map of Europe. <clears throat> <laughs> and let's see. I would not be able to place Bulgaria on the map, I think. I mean, by definition, I would say it is Eastern Europe. But in Dota perspectives, we don't call Bulgaria Eastern Europe. Mm -hmm. um, anyway, yeah, he's the, he's the other example I can think of now that's been mentioned of, a, of even a European player in general qualifying in SEA, right? There's been a couple of European players playing there, like Pai Lai Dai as well, played for an SEA team. And yeah, Nico Baby, probably the most memorable one. Uh, but yeah, no one would be the first that we can think of Eastern European player uh, by Dota definition to qualify to TI with SEA. So that's pretty cool. Uh, other notable names in that team, Midwan, Afu, Johnwell, and Masaros in the offlane, I think is the least known player uh, of that team, who is from Thailand. So that would be another Thai representative at TI, together with most notably Jabs um, from Talon. So, yep, that's... Almost a conclusion to that, but not quite. And then the only region we have left, Shannon, which will probably decide who of us wins this challenge, which is way more important than which teams make it, of course. Yeah, of course. Is Western Europe, which we thought was going to be impossible to predict and very cutthroat, and it has been so far, but it's not over. But we do know one team. Uh, we both picked Quest, and then you picked Secret, and I picked Nigma, which mm. I very much regret right now. <laughs> because, uh, I was like, they're on the up and up. There's an upward trajectory. <laughs> it's crunch time. They can do this. They could not do this. Um, not even they close. lost in the first round of the upper, and then they <laughs> lost in the first round of the lower. To so, Alliance of all teams. Yes, yeah. they got 2-1 twice in a row, first by Entity and then by Alliance. The team they lost the first round in the uppers to Entity, that was the only game they lost. Entity beat Secret 2-0, and then they 2-0'd Luna Galaxy in the upper final. So Entity are in. Big congrats to them, especially my boy Stormstormer. I'm very happy for. Um, and the second slot now remains to be won by either Secret, Quest, or Luna Galaxy. Oh, man. Poppy, Jenna, I'm afraid it's all to on say, the line here. I know, I know. I'm afraid to say no matter what, by the rules that I just invoke, evoked, you win on proximity no matter what. <laughs> oh, <laughs> okay, that's good. Because we <laughs> both have four correct predictions, but you have the highest average, I would think, already with Blacklist and Secret being way further. So I won, I was ahead currently with the third place of Akatsuki, with your Namega of 7th, 8th, but I have this Nigma Galaxy prediction that's going to get low Oof. and... I had Bleed, and you had Blacklist, who are at least second in SEA. So congrats, Shannon. You win the prediction war, uh, game, you. whatever you want to call Thank it, you. the battle. Um, your prize is nothing, and you cannot gloat either. I, I'm not but, a gloater. But I, but do you think, I acknowledge the victory. Do I look like oh, yeah. a Lakers fan, Cinderin? Oh, yeah. Huh? Well, no, you look like a gloater. I'm not a Lakers fan, okay? I don't gloat. <laughs> Get fucked. Anyway... Yeah. So from this this uh, remaining portion of the Western Europe qualies, like you said, Secret has to play Quest, which will be soon, I think. 
in yeah, like it's two hours from two this hours. Yeah. broadcast. That could be Puppy's last uh, last hurrah for this year. That's going to be the last chance to get to a TI. Uh, I'm wording this horribly. If he loses this series or either mm-hmm. of the next two, there will be no player that's been to every single TI. Yeah. And I think most people are probably rooting for him. And it's crazy that quests are in the lower bracket. I know that they're, you know, the offlane position has just been, they've been changing players left, right, and center, but they looked so good mm-hmm. in the last couple tournaments. Uh, but they didn't play with this exact lineup. So it's going to be a tough I one mean, for they're... Secret. And then they have to play Luna Galaxy, who I haven't gotten to watch at all. Their series against Luna Galaxy that they lost in the uppers 2-1 to one was, for all intents and purposes, kind of a... a um, I don't want to say coin flip because that's the wrong way to put it, but Quest could have easily 2-0'd that, right? They won the first game very handily, and then the second game was 80 minutes. And whenever a game goes to 80 minutes, it's anyone's game. So this could have been a totally different story had they won that game, but then they also lost game three, obviously. And um, yeah. It's crunch time today for both teams, and Luna Galaxy is waiting for that last one. And it's a best of three. These qualifiers have no best of fives. So True. Uh, only the ones for one with one slot have that, such as SEA, that is in the BO5 finals. Here, the lower bracket finals is a BO3. So, um, yeah, not much, much margin for error there. And that's because the lower bracket never enters the upper bracket again, right? So yeah. no need for it. Yeah, and you could argue the upper finals could be a best of five because it's for a TI slot guaranteed, and so could the lower finals. But you know, it's it's just designed this way. I think it's just a logistics thing, most more the, more so than anything else. I think it's um, but yeah, that's exciting stuff coming up in a few hours. If you guys are watching this live or shortly after the upload, then you could catch those games um, to see how it all ends. You'll probably be too late if you watch the upload for this to watch SEA, but who knows? Maybe. Blacklist mount an impressive comeback here uh, in that series. But yeah, that's it. So confirmed TI teams now, in addition to the ones we already knew, are now Nouns, TA, Keat Stars, uh, Entity, VP, Azure. Nice roster. Nice roster of teams that we've got coming yep, up. Yep, indeed. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news... Leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's peanut butter cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. So, quick roster shuffle slash rumor time, I guess you could call it. Uh, Tofu... His visa has been approved for Gaming Gladiators. I think there was some question marks as to... I think he had to did he have to reapply a bunch of times? What was the story behind that? Yeah, so from what I've, from what I've gathered, 
I don't remember if this was something he himself talked about in an interview or something that somehow through secondhand happened on stream or whatever, but supposedly in a previous time visiting the States, he answered something incorrectly. I don't think it, from what I understand, it wasn't malicious, but I think he said he was there for, uh, you know, the thing at the border, it's, it's not really a thing for you, obviously, but like when you enter the US, it's, they put a lot of emphasis on, are you there to work? Are you there for... Uh, leisure are you there for this or that and what type of visa you need to have and perhaps his answer at the border was not satisfactory or whatever like something like that so he got flagged or whatever uh, and it might have caused some complications but it seems like they have resolved it uh, no matter what the problem was in the past with uh, with him in the US uh, his visa has now been approved so Game and Gladiators will be there in full force which is something that, first of all, I think it's really important for the tournament, and a lot of fans were worried that they couldn't play with their full team, because Gaming Gladiators, despite not winning the last tournament, are still the team to beat this year, right? So it would be a really big shame if they couldn't field their full team for the biggest tournament of the year as well. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, that's very good news. Uh, happy for Tofu, of course, to make it there. Also, in other news related to TI, this is... Um, this is still a rumor officially, but given how much evidence is starting to mount in it, I want to not say it's confirmed, but we're getting there. Um, nine for Tundra, the mid player, has been playing position four for weeks in his pubs, and he's been playing it a lot. So uh, that does go to show that very likely uh, nine will be playing position four for Tundra at TI. Uh, we know Soxa has taken uh, taken a sick leave a couple of times from tournaments. Um, citing some burnout and some mental health essentially uh, that he needed to uh, to take breaks for and by the looks of it he will be missing ti as well probably based on nine spamming this much position four in his pubs uh, so first of all as we talked about last time soxa announced something like that we wish him a good recovery um and now this for tundra begs the question who are they gonna get mid because if nine is playing four who has been their instrumental mid player with a wacky hero pool, very unique style. That kind of player is pretty difficult to replace. So <clears> the throat> most throat> obvious choice in Europe would probably be Topson because he also has these, you know, unique heroes and ideas and ways of playing that might be a good fit. What other options are there? There's Sumail. And aside from that, it's, I, I don't know. I feel like it's going to be one of those two. And we should mention the reason that, Tundra would be given the permission to replace their mid player. There's obviously a roster lock now, so you can't under normal circumstances replace your mid. But in case of like exceptional health issues, for example, um, or something of that nature, uh, you should be able to replace a player. So that is probably what Tundra is going to ask Valve for permission to do uh, if Soxa ends up not playing. Um, and then if they do get yeah. exemption... What player pool do they even get to choose from? Could it be any player that's not going to TI? Or do you think it would be more restricted, like nobody that played in the TI quals or that were in the DPC? Yeah, that's I mean, a good question. Because like you have to be able to choose somebody that's just not going to TI. So somebody that played in the... If somebody... If the person they choose is not allowed to have played in the qualifiers, they cannot get Sumail. Uh, they could get Topson. He did not play in the qualifiers. And they could get Miracle, who also did not play in the qualifiers. But I don't think Miracle seems, based on you know his track record with Nigma as of late, also has been out of play for quite a while. Uh, with I'm I don't think there's any official explanation of why he's on leave, but he is on uh, on leave. Maybe they said it was health related as well. Um, 
I'm seeing people in chat mention Weha as an option. That is obviously also a possibility. Um, but yeah, Tundra haven't announced anything. And I mean, TI isn't that far away. So I wonder, There's there could be two things at play here. One of them is that Nine is playing position four as a safeguard in case Soxa can't go. Um, but if Soxa can, they would play with him and Nine would just keep playing mid, which he would be very quick to readjust to. Mm -hmm. Or uh, they know for a fact that Soxa will not be playing. Nine is four. And then the reason they haven't announced their two is either that they're uh, gauging their options and trying people out or that things are not moving uh, quickly with Valve or that Valve is, you know, flat out not allowing their first choice or whatever and they have to think. So let me um, ask you this. Yeah, that, that was... I don't want to spend too much time on this because it's still not confirmed or anything, mm -hmm. but from Tundra's perspective, let's say you know that Sox is not going, for example. Right. Why doesn't why wouldn't Nine want to just play mid? Like why change somebody instead of yeah. getting somebody for that position? Like are there would you say there's less position for free agents that are like superstars as opposed to mid? I mean, you mentioned a bunch of mid superstars that are free agents in a manner of speaking. Yeah. But are there fours in that same? That's a that's a good question. I mean, I depending again on what limitations there are for which players you can choose. If you can choose anyone who failed to qualify, there's a pretty solid pool of players, right? Uh, you could take any position four from East, from Western Europe, for example, that didn't make top two in the qualies. Uh, that would, as an example, could be let's say let's entertain the idea that Secret, for example, does not make it, and they would be allowed to take their player. They could take someone like Yamich, who's a very strong position four player. Uh, if you wanted, you could get Seb from OG, you know, uh, if Quest don't make it, Omar has been looking outstanding. There's many players you could choose from, right? Uh, mm -hmm. in that, in that case, but, or GH from Nigma might be a really good fit for Tundra as well, but, um, it could be, maybe they had an internal team talk and it was something that motivated nine. I will say as far as mid players go, I think he's one of the players in the world that would make the transition the best just because his playstyle is so exceptionally aggressive and kill-focused, right? Um, so I think his like instinct of how to play the game could be very well suited for position four. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's a good question. I don't know. Maybe at the time they felt like, okay, now we need to decide. Um, they didn't feel like there were very good options. Or, you know, maybe everything has already been arranged two or three weeks ago and they just haven't announced anything. Or a month ago, they're like, yeah, we're definitely getting player X for mid and nine will play four because he is motivated and wants to. And then it's just a done deal, you know, hard for us to know, but, um, it is indeed a very curious choice. Most teams would just keep nine on mid because he's been a star at TI and just get another four. Right. But maybe they felt like they couldn't find the dynamic. They could have even had Aoi play four, right? Yep. That is true. He is still a very skilled player and they've used him as stand in at tournaments, but maybe yeah. they value his coaching too much. Yeah, I mean that's the um, thing. In the tournaments that he played, they they didn't even bother putting him as position four. They just felt like the they put him the five snake king to four, four right? would work yeah. better. But yeah, I I feel like genuinely, if AUI really wanted to and put in the effort, he could still be a a top contending player. Mm -hmm. uh, but maybe that is why they're not getting him as the four because he has. I think he has been out saying that he doesn't want to compete anymore. I think he said that on our podcast episode that we had him as a guest, right? That got, for him, that's a closed chapter. So I think him being a stand in a tournament was like an an exception uh, rather than something that he loved. And considering that he has tried that at tournaments and then still does not want it, kind of 
confirms that, right? That that's not the path he he's interested in taking. So and I respect that, you know. I think a lot of players would just jump on any opportunity to play again if they're a coach, if they get an option to play a TI. But if he if he was given the option by the team and he says, no, I think I am offering more to the team as a coach, I have a lot of respect for that because yep. it's easy to, you know, chase that dream of, of playing on the stage again. Um, but he really has the team's success in mind. That's obviously also speculation. But true. anyway, having said that, hopefully that Soxa just ends up going and this entire conversation yeah. uh, was moved. Yeah. That would be yes. great. Okay, let's move on to the summer update that came out earlier today or yesterday, depending on where you live. Uh, one quick thing before we get into the update itself, one part of the blog post uh, stated, let's see, to kick off the celebration ahead of the action in Seattle, we've got another update that works tied closely to the event that we'll release in late September. So the Battle Pass replacement I don't know what you want to call it. They're definitely not going to call it Battle Pass. I will 100% guarantee you that because they probably said that already. Uh, we'll be in late September. So that's a full month from now, pretty much. Or yeah. three weeks, let's say. So this new update came with a bunch of stuff. So I figured before we go over each feature that we just do the thing that is uh, more normal, I suppose, and just talk about the chest that came out. Okay. Everyone's sure. favorite part of the podcast, especially the audio <laughs> listeners, they really enjoy the chest speaking. Uh, so I'm going to bring it up on the screen and we will do our best to describe it. And I don't know. Do you want to rate it? I don't really care. Yeah. Let's just uh, let's try to rate the things pretty quick or just rate the chest in its entirety. How about we do that? That's okay, probably sure. So this is. I'm not going to lie, it, maybe it doesn't look like it right now, but when you turn it a bit, it looked to me originally like a bristleback set. I thought it was bristle at first glance. Oh, okay, well. so it's not just me. I did. This is yeah. a primal set. Why don't you describe, <laughs> describe it for us? So, it's primal beast with a fiery mouth and kind of claws, and then he has these like big demonic horns and also has horns down going down the back, and he has a, a chain around his left ankle which looks like a bear trap or something. he has that it's already that, that's he has that in normal dota it looks different here though right yeah, this is not the same one it is way more pronounced i would say um he kind of imagine you combine the gorons from zelda and diablo then this is this is a very good mental image of what this said yeah, he's like. covered in black armor yeah which reminds you of the other one they have in the game, but this one, I, this one looks really good. This was a really good set, I think. Yep. Uh, and okay. this is not, and not in any particular order, by the way, because that I could not be uh, asked to put in more effort. Uh, mm -hmm. This is a very rare. It's the Snapfire set that we talked about a long while ago, uh, that which people voted on. Which the mount is a snail. Not a big surprise that it's a a very rare. Yep. But this one. One of the best mounts in the game now, for sure. Mm -hmm. Then a Spectre set. Uh, it, to me, this looks like a normal Spectre set. It's nothing special. Yeah, it's Spectre as an Spectre naturally is kind of limited in how yeah, you can really is. change the hero. But actually, I think the set is pretty clean, though. Um, so is your face. Yes. Well, some of the time. That's your but description yeah, for audio. <laughs> it looks clean. <laughs> Okay. So, 
All right. So essentially what this has is it has like these kind of silver looking uh, glaives or blades coming across as armor on top of Spectra. So she has like different layers of these silvery like glaives. Uh, and her weapon itself, the, the glaive that she carries, is also in similar style. Uh, and I would say the set overall is just a little bit more like deep blue rather, rather than purple. Uh, the rest of the set, that is. The glaives themselves are silvery, light blue. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a solid set, I would say. Okay, then we, like we have a, an Abaddon set where the... Uh, this is not the greatest picture, actually. The mount, if I remember correctly, is like a dragon... He's riding a wyvern, I think. Is it a wyvern? Or is it a dragon? Is, so, is it something about how many legs they have or whatever? Yeah, this, of course, remember. is part of the update where Abaddon can now fly, by the way, in case yeah. you're wondering. So he, go he's riding a dragon. Let's just call it a dragon. Um, the dragon has... The dragon looks a little bit... I don't, I don't know how to explain it. And a, Well, it's light blue, and so is Abaddon's sword, and his. he has like this light blue, almost scorching hair and shoulders um i don't know i th this says just weird to me why is he riding a dragon that can't fly i don't know that's th next uh before we go on i want to mention right. something i just noticed the name of the okay tell us what the name of the cache is and do you find it uh, interesting it's in the picture if you're watching the stream that is the collector's cache, August 2023. Do you find that interesting cache. at all? That it says August 2023? Yeah. Am I crazy that they've never done that before? A month and a year without... Usually it's a name of some I think sort, that's right? correct because, yeah, usually it's just called the collector's cache because it's connected with TI, right? Yeah. Every collector's cache has been yeah. a TI edition uh, or battle pass, like... Um, yeah, in connection with the battle pass. This, there, you could read into this that it's going to be a monthly thing or a, maybe like I mean, a quarterly when it, thing. When it but, hits September 1st in one day, this is going to look like a really old chest. <laughs> anyway, oh, yeah. I found that interesting because uh, mm -hmm. I don't think they've done that before. Next one is a Kunkka set. He is transparent and blue. Pretty cool effects overall. He's bald, still has the eye yep. patch, and he's like an ethereal blue. Yeah. I mean, he's essentially like a, a pirate that died, right? He's like a reincarnated yeah. ghost. He looks like um, he looks like he has to perform an oath to Aragorn in Lord of the Rings Three. Very accurate. Uh, those were yes. green, though, weren't they? Close enough. Okay. I don't watch movies. Yep, I know. Next is an alchemist set. This is a big old juicy minotaur. Which first thing I thought of was. The second boss in Hades. <laughs> yeah. Right? <laughs> That's fair. And actually, like, even the color scheme, it's purple, has purple shades. Uh, but the Minotaur itself is a black bull, or black Minotaur, I guess. Looks mm -hmm. This one looks really cool. I like this one a lot. And the, the, helm, the helm that the alchemist himself carries here is very... What, what's the... What would you call this... It's like it has this like really huge plume going all the way from the front to the back on top of the helm. This is like a I want to say it's a Spartan helm. Yeah, Roman or Spartan um, or something like that. It's just Roman. Some people are saying Trojan or Trojan. I think it's called in English, right? That's right. Um, but yeah, it's condoms. like the, the theme is obviously playing on a, of ancient Greece. I think it works pretty well as far as like 
changing characters a lot. I think changing this ogre to the bull. It's still a little bit weird because they didn't carry it out around the chest region. I feel like at this point, if you're committed to making it a bull, why does it have the ogre chest? Why well, isn't because the they chest need the color scheme, you know? Uh, but, well, yeah. I mean, essentially, this looks like an ogre that's carrying a bull helm, not a bull. Right. Um, but the helm is blinking and the mouth is moving. So are you so actually, kind of after all this time, you're saying now that you want this to be crazier? No, I'm saying if you have to, okay, Shannon, this is, okay, this is actually, to me, this is crazier than if the whole ogre was a bull, you know what I mean? <laughs> really? Okay. I mean, this is right crazier. now, this is, a, this is essentially a mask, right? Yeah, but it's a mask that moves, so you're not really selling me on the idea that this is still ogre wearing a mask, <laughs> because the mask is animated. No, I mean, I know what it's you're breathing. saying. I know, the, just, the eyes are, you know, that's you know? a lot more work to make his chest hairy. You realize that, right? I guess so, yeah. Like right now, yeah. he. Anyway. you ever notice that his belly, it's literally just from the Simpsons, like this color scheme? It's, yeah, Ogre. The true. ogre himself is just a Simpsons character that we just haven't seen before. Very cool. That's a good idea for a, for a set. Homer? Have the alchemist ride on Homer. Yeah, and then, uh, yeah, very of course, good. when you die, you let out a huge belch. That's very important. Next yes. is a Legion Commander set, and based on the photo I'm seeing, I can barely see what's going on here, Cinderin. Yeah. A lot of particles. So this, this is one. called, this is Astral Herald, and essentially what it's doing, the short version is it turns uh, Legion Commander into more of like a, it has this like dark sky blue theme on the weapon, On she has some wings on her back that don't look like she can actually fly with them, which is good because she can't. I guess she can fly more than than a Baden can, but she can only fly once every two minutes. Um, it's it's a different take on the hero. I personally wish it was a little bit brighter because I understand that you're trying to go for this like she's the Dawnbreaker, and then there's a theme with brightness oh, and a theme I, with a bit more darkness. What, what but, hero are you talking about right now? Dawnbreaker. Did I say Dawnbreaker? Yes. Chat. Did I say Dawnbreaker? I'm looking at Legion Commander right now. You said Legion? Yes. Okay, show the Dawnbreaker, well, now that I've explained well, it. That's the, the problem is, like, this is not in any particular order, so now I have to go through all the sets to yeah, get whatever. to the freaking Dawnbreaker. My bad. I thought you said, I don't know how I heard you All right, well, you now you guys Dawn. know what the Dawnbreaker looks like, so yeah, we'll get to that eventually. Yeah, now we to explain the Dawn later. That's good. I mean, now we've covered Dawn. <laughs> at, the, at first, you said something about blue. I'm, I'm looking as hard as I can. Where the fuck is the blue in this set? I love that you gave me this much <laughs> line, you know? You let me talk for, like, half a minute. You're like, okay, at this point, I don't believe you anymore. <laughs> Uh, this is gonna look really good on the video. People are just like, "How the fuck is this guy not interrupting?" <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. All right, Legion. Anyway, yeah. So Legion Commander, she has a because you mentioned wings, and she has wings in this one too. Yeah, I, I guess. I mean, okay. So she has a, a pretty whopping six pack. First of all, in gray, which is interesting. Mm. Uh, the rest of the theme of the set is kind of built around. She's just got like these fiery flags. Uh, they're kind of like burning at the bottom, and at the top she has. Again, this looks a little bit like Roman inspired. The helm has this kind of I guess this is this is not connected with the helm, is it? It's connected with the What do you call that thing on the back that Legion Commander has with the two flags? I'm sure it has a name. The banner? Cape? Is it just called a banner? Because like you know what I mean? It has these like two cape segments yeah. that are connected by a rod. And I feel like that has a different name. Yeah, maybe there's a name for it. Um, I don't know. Anyway, that has some thing connected with it with fire as well and the overall theme is very golden and red which is a color match that i personally always really liked golden and scarlet looks amazing together so i'm a fan of that um i'm not it's called the triumph of the Im imperatrix so it is 
kind of like an Imperium theme, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think that's pretty much the description of that set, right? Very and good. The, the, it's a pretty big change that she's kind of like this gray, almost, I don't know what to say. Is that called Onyx, that color? Onyx is a black, isn't it? Yeah, it's very black. All right, so I don't know why that word came to mind. Okay, moving on. Uh, this yeah. is the very, or the ultra rare, <clears throat> is Anti-Mage. It's a set, I think it's the first set for the female persona. Yeah. Uh, and if you don't horns? own the female persona, you get it with this. So she has a six-pack as well. That seems to be a trend in this. Uh... Mm. This looks like a jazzercise outfit. Do you know what jazzercise means? No. <laughs> I wonder if that... If anyone knows what that means, it's very 90s. It's like when you, the I, I don't know if men did this, but at, at the very least, women would go to like a gym. They oh, wear I super think I know what you tight mean spandex and they would exercise. Oh, yeah, 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 I don't yeah, know what makes it jazzercise. <laughs> That's the first thing I thought of with this. The moment you started explaining, I was like, all right, this is like the music video to Believe by the Chemical Brothers. I wonder how many people are going to understand that I don't even but, under, but yes. sure, I'll believe yeah, okay. you. Okay. So, yeah, she has this. So, first of all, as far as ultra rares go, this is kind of like bare bones, right? Because the persona yeah. itself is pretty slick and doesn't have a lot of layers on top of it. It's just like very plain, almost to say. Uh, but what they've added here is she has two purple horns, which are kind of n- not like huge, but they're there. Uh, her belt has a kind of like sparky combination of like teal and a little bit of light purple coming out of it and her glaives as a result also have this tealish purple glow with a black outline um i personally would have liked it better without the horns i'm assuming there's some sort of lore to this that i don't know i'm sure slacks knows ask him um but yeah, I guess they wanted to make this the ultra rare because obviously it's the female anti-mage persona that comes with it as well. If you don't have that, you get it this what way. Was, what was anti-mage's it, other name in Dota 1? Uh, Magina. Oh yeah, that's right. I thought it had... Was Terrorblade the Demon Slayer? Is that what I'm thinking of? Uh, and they were, so they were brothers. Terrorblade called? Uh, what was Terrorblade called in Dota 1? I don't know. He wasn't he wasn't called Illidan, right? Why can't I not remember? Dark no, Dark Terror was void. I don't know. Why can't know. I not remember this? Okay. My goodness. Well, was it Illidan? Maybe it was Illidan. I mean, it was Illidan, Illidan Storm Rage in Dota 1. Okay. I mean that was the model. Was he actually called no, Illidan? No, Soul Keeper. Yeah. There it was. And it was something it was Soul Keeper. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Anyway, I thought they might be trying to bring something like that back because there wasn't a connection between AM and Terrorblade in Dota 1 maybe, or in Dota 2. But there oh, wasn't Dota so 1. that's where you think the horns are coming from. I mean, I yeah. don't know. It's just a... Eh. Whatever. Next. Okay. I get what you mean now. Yep. Uh, is the rare is the Marcy set that is... Uh, now, here is your yeah. uh, go to the gym and 90s. No, no, this is this not... Is- no, no. This is more modern for sure. This is way more. I feel more like modern. this is more. What did you call it? Jazzercise? Yeah. I feel like this is more Jazzercise than the Antimage no, set. This no? is very, like, I feel like this is very Japanese modern. Am I wrong, chat? 
I mean, I'm, no, you're I not wrong. I, I don't just keep think up this with looks this more stuff. like Jazzercise than the other one. I, I, okay, I don't know. I get what you're. I get what you're saying. Anyway, she's wearing blue boots, and then she has these like purplish, uh, or well, the top of the boots are purple, and then she has leggings that are purple as well, and then blue at the top. So it's like blue, purple, purple, blue, and then her chest piece is white, and it has glowing. Um, there's like golden glow on the gloves, or sorry, the uh, bracers that she's wearing. Um, and a bit of a golden top of the chest, as well as a seemingly... Is that... No, never mind. It was just the angle. She has a little bit of a golden... What do you call that in front of her forehead? I can't like see it in the icon. picture very well, so I don't she know. She has like a golden icon in front of her that's like magic. Her, her back piece has... is pretty cool. It's like a backpack, transparent backpack that's filled with water, and you can see a lotus flower. I thought that actually was a nice touch, which I don't believe... Well, I shouldn't say that. I don't remember that being in the... Because this was a set that people voted on. Sigil is the word, yes. This is one of the five sets for Marcy that were ridiculous. People were like, these are ridiculous, but we love them. And most of them have now gotten in the game. So congratulations. Yeah, she has a final note about this. Has very long purple hair as well. That's right. Uh, I don't know what you call this hairstyle. It's like if you took... She has a ponytail on each side, essentially. It's that long. That's right. Okay. Next... Uh, I think this is Hoodwink, although this picture, I'm trying to find Hoodwink. I guess she's inside the mask. That is Hoodwink. Okay, yes. go ahead. Uh, yeah, this is like, this is it's like Mayan-inspired, right? Uh, so it's called Tomokan Foot Soldier. She has a crossbow that looks like it shoots spiked balls instead of arrows. I wonder if it does that in-game. I haven't tested it. If her acorn shot has this, like, projectile around it, I would imagine maybe it does. Uh, but the overall theme I mean, of this is like it's a mythical. green. Yeah. So probably doesn't change any effects, I would imagine. Um, don't know. Anyway, it's uh, there's definitely something going on there, but I think it's pretty well executed overall. Um, but yeah, like you said, it can be a bit hard to see Hoodwink's face. It's kind of hidden under this mask with a giant row of teeth and two glowing yellow eyes. But thematically for what they're trying to go for, I think this is pretty good. So yeah. Uh, Wraith King got a set. This one, so I think some of the sets in this chest were extremely good. Like they're mm. very different. And then there's sets like this that for me, very generic. His sword is quite red, which is definitely a bit different, I guess, because it's such a contrast mm. from the rest of the set. But I feel like this Wraith King set can just be lost in the shuffle of every other set that's come before it. Is that just me? I mean, it's it's another one that also follows this uh, Greek theme, right? So again, he has this helm that we talked about from Alchemist, but his is just ghostly green. Um, he has an armor with a six-pack. I don't know if that's a normal thing, but... Um, six-packs are really popular. In this and then chest. apparently he has been stabbed in the chest with a knife that's literally just sticking out of oh. it. Yeah. Uh, well, he has a golden eagle on the shoulder. I mean, I, I feel like this set actually has a couple of cool things going on, but I don't well ha know how well it translates to the in-game model when you're watching the hero top-down. I think what maybe a lot of people will do is they'll use the sword from this set and then maybe mix and match with other things like you mentioned. Could be... Uh, could be... Many of them are don't like very much stand out compared to other Wraith King items except the mm -hmm. sword and maybe the shoulder, I would say. But I've never, you know this, I've never really been a fan of these sets that have one shoulder. Yeah. I don't know. I know that it's trendy and a lot of designers like to do this on their Dota sets, but I prefer harmony on the shoulder pieces instead of like one huge one and one flat one. Um, I don't know. To each their the, own. The, 
Yeah. Oh, here's the Dawnbreaker set that you described already. So I guess we don't yep. have to talk about that. I I, I will yep. say this though. I feel like Dawnbreaker sets so far have not impressed me. Like think about the difference between Dawnbreaker sets that we have in game now and Primal Beast. Mm. Two of the three Primal Beast sets are fucking insane. One of them's in this chest. And then the Dawnbreaker one just says, let's just put. I know this is supposed to be a little bit different than the other one, which I guess it is. And it definitely adds a lot of blue out of nowhere, which I don't really care about. But mm. just something about this hero where the cosmetics have not really taken it to another level for me. Yeah, I, I see what you mean. I will say, though, that this one is definitely very different from the other sets of Dawn. Simply, simply the color scheme alone, right? And what they're trying to do. So it is, it is a departure from the original model, but it also is one of those heroes where, like, how far can you go and still have it be meaningful, right? Like, this set already, when I saw it, I was like, it's too dark. But it actually works out just fine in-game. I've played a game with it, so. Oh, you already have one. Okay. How many chests did you buy, Sinran? None. Somebody gifted it to you? Yeah. They, I was streaming last night. Somebody gifted it and was like, oh. made a joke about how the name of the set was everyone in chat because it's called Astral Herald. So. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I took, it, I took it for a spin. It looks, I would say, I personally would say it looks better in game than it does in the pre, in the, in the full on overview of the model. Okay. It, it looks nice in the game. That's good. So, Talk to me about the Jakiro set because I can't see from this picture at all. This is honestly, out of all the previews, this is the hardest one to really see what exactly is going on. So I would agree with it. I'm, I'm watching the one with the animation on it, on the official site, and it's kind of hard to really see. But I mean, it's essentially staying true to Jakiro, right, with the fire and frost sides, and they still have this clear color distinction. Uh, it gives it a little bit of a different head armor and some sharper wings, and the tail also looks different, and the front claws are this... Frosty blue glow. Um, I, I feel like it maybe falls a little bit in what you said about the Wraith King category, right? It's like... It, it's nice, but it's nothing outrageous. Which is, yep. again, no, nothing wrong with that. I, I don't mind that. It doesn't all have to be crazy. So, Okay, next set is a Dazzle, which brings a lot of colors to the fold. Yeah, speak of crazy. This is Faceless Dazzle right here. Yeah. Um, he has the faceless void purple color. His pipe uh, is, or his, well, his staff rather. I called it pipe because it's called Dazoon Viper, and he has a very known cosmetic called Pipe of Dazoon. But his staff is purple with a cyan urn at the front, and out of this staff spring four purple snakes, or I guess they're, yeah, some sort of snakes. And his own armor is uh, gold, purple, and black. Um, there's a lot going on here. I personally really like the color scheme, but I think this is a little bit too wild <laughs> in some ways. Um, I'm sure you like it for that reason. I do like uh, it. The weapon he, he, is badass. It does remind me, a, it, it is void-like, right? You know what I mean? Uh, um, I mean, no. <laughs> The, the Actually, purple? I'm just I'm watching the stream right now. The color in game looks very different from the one on their official preview on the homepage. Mm. The purple in game looks way more dazzle like, and I think it's because on the homepage they don't have all of the. They seem to be missing that like dazzle purple glow that the game it looks to have in the in the game. 
the the one you're showing on on screen right now looks a lot less like void than the one on the, oh, I see on the site does. That's cool. I, I like the one you're showing clearly better. So if that's the one that's in the game, that's nice. Death Prophet set. She's wearing a candelabra? candle holder. What? A candelabra or a candelabra? How do you pronounce that? Candelabra. I think it's candelabra. Sure. She has wings. I won't lie to you. The hands are what told me this was Death Prophet. Otherwise, I thought... Okay, the legs is really what gives it away. At first yeah. glance on the website, this is a different photo than I'm looking at now, I thought it might be Necro. I couldn't, actually could not tell between the two. Mm. But it is Death Prophet, and I, I don't think the photo is on here, but the exorcism ghost is a hand. It's a literal hand with a chain what so it's just a bunch of hands she's very handsy this this mm. update which i don't know okay. yeah she's like you said she's got wings and a candelabra on top of two like big horn hooks they kind of look like the dragon claw hook actually the horns that she has one on each side um yeah it's um i actually don't really mind that i mean it, this is this is definitely a very different take on the hero, but I do think the candles kind of fit this whole like ghostly prophet kind of thing. It's like, yeah, they look like, you know, stereotypical spooky crypt like candles, right? In video games. So they fit pretty well uh, with her being a ghost. So it's it. And the best set of the chest, which is not even an ultra rare or any rare, is Storm Spirit, who is now. A panda again. This is a throwback to Dota 1 for a lot of people that don't know. The Storm Spirit was, in fact, a Storm Panda, and it looks very similar to this. Of course, I'm just yeah. going off of memory, but you would agree, right? Yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely pretty similar at the very least. So this is going to be an old-school player fan favorite, right? A lot of people really wanted this set because it turned Storm into that panda. Um in, I guess it's just a matter of time before we get a panda set for Brewmaster then. Because um, what is it he is in this game? He's I nothing. Actually, Remember, he came out originally as a panda-like creature, and then they changed the colors the next day. Yeah. Like, that's the fastest Valve has changed the look of a hero. <laughs> like, they haven't done that with Morphling in 20 years, it feels like, right? But Brewmaster, the literal day after it came out, they changed it from white slash black to whatever the fuck it is now i think they made it more mm. dark brown and then it was lighter yeah. brown after if i remember correctly um yeah this looks cool but yeah in dota one storm spirit was the storm panda and then you had ember spirit as the fire panda and you had the earth panda i believe was was that earth spirit probably i, so. I don't think i played when earth spirit was a hero in dota yeah 1. i don't know either uh and then brewmaster himself was also a panda so there's a lot of pandas in that game, and this is a throwback to that. So a lot of uh, there's some nostalgia going into the set being chosen. I feel like, um, especially considering that there's nothing about Storm that lends to being a panda, right? So like the only reason this makes sense when we look at it is that we know it from the past. Yeah. Otherwise, he could have literally been any other animal, right? Right. Without um, context, maybe this is fucking yeah, stupid exactly. looking. <laughs> Exactly. If you don't know this thing about Storm from Dota 1, you're like, okay, why is Storm a panda? I wonder right. what the lore says. I'm sure Slack's going to have a lot of fun with this one. Yeah. But yeah, that's the last one. All right, what do you rate the chest, Shannon? One, one to ten. Okay. 
as, as uh, a whole, we're not, so just an average across the board. What do you think? I would say 8.5. Very good. I mean, wow, that's very th high. For that you. Fo okay, 8.5 for a chest of this rarity type, right? If this was okay. an immortal chest, obviously it would be a very different story because it's all about the effects more so than the item itself. But I think generally, okay. like, if half the sets, I'm like, okay, this is quite good. I think that's, a, that's way better than an average chest for me. So 8.5. Okay. I think I would be more critical of it. I was thinking somewhere in the seven, seven and a half. So okay, it's it's definitely it's definitely good, but and there's a couple that stand out, but the I'm there's multiple sets in this chest where I'm like, it's all right, but I don't really know. Like the Abaddon on the dragon. I'd use um, the dragon mount. I would definitely use that one. Yeah. The, the, as we talked about, the Jakiro is pretty, you know, it, it's it's good, but it's nothing special. So yeah, is the Wraith whatever. King, so is the Spectre. And yep. then there's a couple of standout ones that are just polarizing, right? I'm sure some people will be like, why the fuck is Storm a Panda, you know? But <laughs> we don't mind. That's right. Um, yeah, it's 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 definitely a solid chest. Not the best one they've ever released, but definitely also not the worst. So it's in, it's in the upper half, I would say. Yep. So pretty good. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we-just-hit-a-million-orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash specialoffer. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Okay, okay, so with that, that let's move chest. on to the actual update that is not including the chest. A bunch of stuff has been updated. So first, the armory has now been remade completely. And I don't know if I want to read all of this. Uh, we can go over the essence of these things. Otherwise, this will take a long time. Yeah, true. So the armory has been kind of... I mean, the armory has not been redesigned for many, many years. So now you have when you... I think essentially the store and the armory have now kind of been combined. And the UI mm -hmm. is just far better than before. It's a lot easier to use. You can see how much your items are worth with the marketability, which is a bit bugged because uh, I think a bunch of my autographs, not mine, but well, some of them are mine, I guess, but old autographs, they come up as being worth $440 each, and I have 16 of them, so they would sell for $7,000. Pretty sure that's not real. Go for it. <laughs> I would if it was real, but I doubt it. Um, you can demo items without uh, buying them first. I, guess, I don't remember if that is even possible, but I guess not, since they're listing it as an actual feature. The, uh, I think you could demo them before as well, but the you could demo. Is, I think, oh, yeah, I think you can right. demo mixes now as well, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so that's cool. You can yeah, combine the, things and demo them. The global items, so where you choose like your Roche outfit or your wars or whatever terrain, it's all been reworked as well, so the UI is just cleaner, easier to use. Uh, it shows you... If you have duplicates of something, so that, that was something that was really annoying because I want to gift stuff to my friends that don't play as much. 
or don't buy as much, I guess is more proper mm -hmm. way to put it. So being able to know which ones you have duplicates of, so you don't have to give up something that you may want. Like I said, sort of by, you can sort by market value now, which is really cool. And what else? So in terms of the armory, that's about it, but it's a huge rework. UI it's just, wise. for all intents and purposes, it's way more intuitive, way more clean, accessible, and just really good looking, right? Like this is just, <clears throat> I feel like everything, so I'll get a little bit ahead of myself and say here that everything they did in this patch is really nice. And this mm -hmm. is just step number one. So I think we talked about, all right, you know what? Let's get there. Let's continue first. So the next big so part of this nice. update and probably the biggest part, even though the armory was probably a lot of work, not as important, I think, as this one is the player behavior stuff. So this one we should read. Uh, yeah. Making Dota a better place to play together. It might seem obvious, but the best games of Dota are the ones where you get to play with a team of people working together against another team of people working together against you. The Dota game at its worst is the opposite. Teammates fighting you instead of the enemy or enemies picking a fight through chat messages rather than well-timed abilities. There's no other way to put it. Playing Dota with malicious or toxic people can ruin what would have been a great match. So we're introducing... When I read this, I'm like, oh, they're putting conceit in. Okay. <laughs> but no. So we're introducing some new player behavior features to make sure you have more of the good experiences and fewer of the bad. With that in mind, let's break down the improvements below. So first thing they added is personalized matchmaking. So before, a player could commend other players in the post game, but that commendation wouldn't affect future matchmaking. So it was kind of fluff. Well, I wouldn't say it's 100% fluff because it did matter for your behavior score, right? To balance out like reports that you would I, get. Yes. Now, any player you commend will be more likely to show up in your future matches, either on your team or the enemy side. Additionally, we've added a dislike button that will ensure players you prefer not to play with or for whatever reason are less likely to show up in future matches. <clears throat> Very cool. So I feel like everybody watching that plays at least still will agree with you and I that we've come across many a game where you know, somebody is not like he's toxic, but you don't want to play with them ever again because they just suck ass, but you can't report somebody for sucking ass. Mm-hmm. Now, this is a way to make yourself feel better. What do you think of this part? So I think let's, let's go through all the steps and then try to summarize how this okay. affects, because it's like an entire system with how the sure. things interact. All right, you read the next one then. Yeah, so then we have the new reporting system. There can be a big difference between players you'd prefer not to play with and players who are outright toxic. Dota's new reporting system will let you report toxic chat, toxic voice, smurfing, griefing, cheating, and role abuse. All reports automatically take into consideration a wide range of supporting hard data. A griefing report knows whether someone destroyed their items, and a smurfing report looks at both gameplay and account properties. Players can now report toxic behavior at any time during and after the game. This is a big change. People were complaining that they couldn't report when they wanted, and then you forget, or things change, or whatnot. The new reporting system also removes the cap on the number of reports you can submit and now allows you to report toxicity on either team. This is also new. You can report enemy players for other categories than you could in the past. This new volume of reporting data will give us more confidence in taking action against bad actors, as well as identifying and ignoring spurious reporters. That's a word I had never seen before in my life. Um, what does yeah. it mean? So, <laughs> Oh, <laughs> let me look it up again. 
uh, not being what it purports to be, false or fake. So it's essentially just people who are reporting in a way that is not genuine. Okay. Uh, I'll do the next one as well, I guess. Sure. Recognizing good reports. <clears throat> the only thing worse than having a bad in-game experience with someone is knowing they're still out there afterwards ruining games for other players. Our new system was built from the ground up to make sure we can connect actions with consequences, not only for bad actors, but also for good ones. So whenever your report results in us taking action against a player, we'll let you know your report was successful and who was punished. That's also new. In the past, it just said you took action. Now it says who you got punished, essentially. That's right. Real-time processing of toxic chat. <clears throat> when a player reports something, for, sorry, someone for toxic chat, through the in-game scoreboard, the chat will be analyzed in real time. If the text is determined to be toxic, the offending player will have their voice and chat muted for all players immediately and for the remainder of the game. They will still be able to use pings, alt clicks, and preset chat wheels, but with a throttle. The offending player will be text and voice muted, and all other communication will be on a third second or on a thirty-second cooldown. So, cool. out of the ones so far, actually. You know what? Let's finish. There's one more left. You go. Behavior and communication scores. Every player already has a behavior score, a number between 0 and 10,000, which reflects the quality of your actions in-game. Players will now also have a communication score, which reflects the quality of in-game chat and speech interactions. Current behavior scores carry over to the new system, but the cap for both new behavior score and communication score has increased to 12,000. Before, a player's behavior score only affected who they got matched with. Now, it will also affect the features they'll have access to, such as a post-game item drops, game pausing, and ranked play. Likewise, communication score will affect pinging ally abilities, coaching, tipping, text, and voice chat. If a communication score gets low enough, that player will be text and voice muted, and all other communication will be on 30-second cooldown. <laughs> so just to clarify, or just to look at the, remember how I talked about how I wish Dota had more carrot and less stick, essentially? Yep. There's a little bit of a mix of both, right? It's essentially, there's two ways of looking at it. If you have low behavior score, this is a carrot, like, okay, if you behave better, you get access to fun parts of gameplay. And it's a stick because if you're up pretty high, it's like, okay, if you start being a toxic dick, you lose your privileges, essentially. Mm. Um it's a very interesting way of approaching this. Uh, when I read the whole thing about access to post-game item drops, I was like, hell yeah, you know? Uh, make it so that you have a higher chance of getting good rewards if you're a good actor in the, in the game. Uh, now, after looking at it in-game, I think it's just a static number. If your player behavior score is over a certain threshold, you have the same odds no matter what. I wouldn't mind that this was just a sliding scale where it's zero under that threshold, and then the higher your score goes, the better your odds of getting something good. So people really see the incentive, and there could be other positive incentives as well, more carrots or whatnot. Yeah, but I think... It's definitely a step in the right direction. In theory, everything sounds great. I, I mean, the whole item thing, did, maybe I'm the only one. Do people care about item drops at the end of the game? At all? I remember I the, fir the first couple years, they were actually good, mm. and now... Right. It literally just feels like it's trash. But maybe there's a lot of newer players that don't think that because I do have a lot of sets, I guess. I don't know. But it's and still in theory it's it's good. It's good. Yeah, and either either way it's it's not necessarily that specific thing that it's post game drops. It's the fact that there is some sort of reward for being 
a, a better actor, right? It mm -hmm. could be other things that they could think about, but this is like a step in the right direction of thinking in this way of trying to implement that. Surprised they didn't okay. add shards into the fray as well. Yeah, so that would be shards. another great way of doing it. Give people more shards if they have better behavior score when they win. Why yeah. not? I, I think that's a very easy, obvious, and a great solution. So I 100% agree with that. Um, yeah, we'll see if that's something they do. So... Okay, in all of this, when I read through all of these, I was like, hell yeah, Valve, I love this. You're, you have really good ideas and the way what you're trying to do, obviously, we both agree this is necessary. And it's, this is a pretty, in, I want to say this is a pretty clever way of doing it for the most part. The one that stood out to me when I read all of this, where I was like, uh, I don't know about this one, was the real-time processing of toxic chat. And it's because um, I hope the thresholds that they've set for how this works is very confidence-based and really strict because you know language is always contextual and i'm not gonna there's some words you just you know you can just fucking flag those right but mm -hmm. a lot of the times some words can be either positive or negative depending on context depending on whether they're said in a joking manner between friends or between enemies and teammates whatnot uh, so i hope this isn't just they just have it live processing okay certain words are just bad and if they do that it's very few words they can do it with um like let's say let's say for example you take the word idiot and you said idiot is a bad word and then if somebody says idiot they get flagged you could easily say that in a joking manner to a friend you know mm. and i what i don't want is that this automated automated language filter just uh doesn't have the intelligence to understand these differences in language and that's obviously really difficult for systems to do so I hope with this that Valve are very careful, and I believe they will be because they should acknowledge this. This has to be AI, though, right? You yes, would think. and you would think so, right? Because there's no, there's not going to be someone sitting there. Gabe AI. <laughs> that's the new. That's the new thing they're coming out with. Gabe AI for sure. So how do you train this? Is my question. Like, what what is the confidence based on? Is it just like there's a subset of words that it thinks can never really be said in a positive manner, or? when it's used in these contexts, it's just absolutely bad, right? One of the common insults that people throw around, especially in Western Europe, is dog. That is not an inherently bad word. If someone in game is like, hey, guys, I got a new dog, and you just get <laughs> muted, like, what the fuck? You know? Well, we'll see. So we'll see. It, it's always, you know... So here, I know that we disagree on one thing. I'm curious to see thing. how this works, is what I'm saying. We you know? disagree on one thing. Okay, first of all, I think people are going to try to abuse this, and because you can mm -hmm. infinitely report but everybody, and you, you don't have to wait for tokens or anything like that per week. So right. this is one thing I know for a fact that we're going to disagree on. I would rather be too strict than too lenient. I don't give a shit. Come down with the fucking hammer, man. So it'll be fun to see what kind of effect this is going to have. Oh, I, I think, okay, so the thing is, when you say too strict, I'm not saying we shouldn't be strict on people that are bad actors. I'm saying we shouldn't punish people that aren't. Right. That's my I, concern. With I think this. that is, for me, so you that, think is that's a, better. that is a necessary evil. <laughs> okay, to, that's what you're saying. Like, if some yeah. people get lost in the shuffle, that's okay, as long as we're getting rid of the shitheads that are the majority of it. You know what I mean? Now, my question is, how important do you think the real-time processing of toxic chat is to accomplish that versus people reporting if this report system ends up being really good? Right. I don't do you know. Think, I don't know. Because at that point, maybe this whole real-time processing becomes obsolete or actually becomes almost negative. You're, gonna, you're, to you're saying AI is going to be obsolete? This is going to take over the game. Before you know it, they'll add this as a part of an option for Dota Plus where it can start playing for you as well. The AI will okay. evolve over time. Of course, it's going to understand. I will say, 
the nuances of language. Given the way people interact in this game, I would trust. How to say? I would trust the wisdom of the crowd more than an AI with handling language. I would trust the AI way better with handling other things. But the language part is really difficult for an AI to really nail and get down. And obviously, it's going to be trained against human behavior and what humans think. But I think it's going to be. This is a challenge for me. This is my main concern when I read this. Everything else sounds absolutely fucking awesome. And I will go. You know, we've been criticizing Valve for some things like patches they've put in or directions they've taken or whatever. This is genuinely the first patch that I've read in a long time where I was like, holy shit, I love everything. You know? Yep. Um, We're not even done yet. There's one more category below this. But I just wanted to get that out there now that we, we criticize Valve quite a lot on this podcast. I'm aware of it. I will always give credit where it's due. This patch is fucking awesome with what it tries to do and the implementations that they have. I think it's very clever. So I just hope it works the way they want, but big up to them for... Yeah, and to kind of echo what you're saying, in our last podcast, I was very, what's the word? So sick and tired of talking uh, about things that Valve have done wrong because it's just getting old. Mm. And Mm -hmm. lo and behold, they come out with this update where I agree, everything... I mean, I like more of the sets than you even, if if you Mm want to even put that as part of the update. But this update is terrific. So moving forward, uh, so I guess finishing with the, uh, I guess that part's, yeah, going forward, because the system is going to rely on accruing a large amount of data, it's obviously going to get more accurate over time. This means that at least at the outset of these changes, we'll likely be more conservative in the actions we take. Hopefully we get hardcore in a few (laughs) weeks. We will also act on the data we have the most confidence in. We hope you'll be patient with us while we build that confidence and your trust. They need this, to name this AI something. Okay. I think it's also important to write this, actually. I think it's good that they did this because people are going to have different expectations and interpretations of how this system is going to work and like what magnitude it is. And they'll be like, man, there was this super toxic guy in my game and all of us reported him and he didn't even get punished. Like, what the fuck? I think, like you said, we're going to disagree on this. And I guess we do, but not maybe not to the extent you do. I really want to eliminate false positives. I think it's very important. I think that's more important than anything in these kinds of systems is that innocent players don't get fucked over. Mm. So um, making sure that it's a good decision to punish people is more important than just getting a lot of punishments out there. Uh, and yeah, in the beginning, that will mean that some bad actors get more uh, leeway and more line than they should. But hopefully it's for the protection of the good actors that don't end up getting punished for something they didn't do or something that wasn't the magnitude that it that the punishment is given uh, relative mm-hmm. to what they did. So, okay, uh, last part of this update, which is another great one, as I already said, I mean, I love everything here, but the final one is updated map rendering. And Valve is essentially showing a couple of examples of how they've improved shadows, they've improved particle lighting, and they've improved tone mapping. There's some sliders. You guys can go on the dota2.com slash summer2023 to check it out for yourselves. It's a bit hard to explain exactly how this is, but essentially uh, it just looks more, it looks cleaner, it's more polished, it's sharper, uh, especially certain things like water and shadows look really nice compared to before. Um, And then... Something I noticed immediately in the last one where they're showing all three concepts together, it's a it's a picture of a sniper being hit by a tower shot. The way the reflection of light from that tower fireball bounces off the sniper set looks really nice. It reminds me of RPGs, the way mm. if you're sitting at a fireplace or 
uh, if you have like a game that's very much built around the graphics being crisp, such as Elden Ring or whatever, the, this just looks really, really cool and more modern, essentially. Yeah, it's funny uh, that so I never really noticed or cared, I guess, but never noticed that reflections didn't really, well, reflect onto the hero itself, and now it does, so that's cool. Yeah, this it, one's it hard to talk really about because nice. it does require you to look through the sliders, but some of it is subtle, but overall, I think... Uh, it's just a net benefit, right? This is good yeah. stuff. I played uh, I played a couple of games after this patch dropped last night, and I didn't notice any notable performance issues either, because that's obviously a concern here when you improve shadows in particular and particle lighting. Some graphics cards will struggle quite a bit with that. And I do not have a high-end graphics card anymore. My computer is like five or six years old at this point, maybe even more. Time to uh, upgrade, I, sir. Yeah, I, I should definitely get a new computer, but it's this is still... It it ran, I want to say, like before. I didn't notice any performance uh, drops from this. So that is obviously only my experience. But hopefully for you guys out there, this doesn't end up tanking your FPS too hard that they made these upgrades. But my experience so far is very, very good. Um, so yeah, just flat out awesome patch. Like I'm super happy with this. And I'm very, very curious about the player behavior thing, how this is going to end up because... You and I have wanted this for many years at this point. And there's finally something here that looks and inspires hope in me because it's trying to reward good players um, and allow the community to filter players better. And I, I want to talk a little bit more about this whole commending thing because essentially what this system is trying to do is it's trying to let people judge the qualities of other players. And it's, it's kind of generating in-houses in matchmaking. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So in Dota 1, we used to have in-house leagues. And the way you got into these in-house leagues was being vouched by players. So, you know, you had someone trustworthy in the league that said, this guy is a good actor or this guy is a good player and will fit into our league. And if they perform, if they're an asshole or if they are clearly underperform to the levels that we expect here, we will remove them from this private league. What's happening here is that the community itself is saying, this guy is a good actor and this guy is a bad actor. And over time with enough data you are going to get more and more good players on both teams if you're a good actor. And that's what you want. You don't only want the good players in your team because then it would also be exploitable as all hell, right? If you commend people just to get them in your team again, it's like a way of like boosting your MMR or whatnot. The system isn't doing that. It's not giving you this player significantly more often by commending them. It's giving you the player in the game more often so he can also be in the enemy team. And I just think maybe I'm missing something here. But I think this is really elegant. Uh, if people so use it. My gut it, instinct is right? very impressed. Yeah, of course, if people use it correctly. And that's where the confidence thing is very important. But I would like to think that the way this is going to get used is more... As long as it gets used correctly more often than wrong, then with enough sample, it should pull in the right direction, right? Mm -hmm. You would think. Uh, and it, we're all, I'm already seeing some threads on Reddit where people are actually, you know, starting to take more responsibility for their actions. Like people are like, man, I played a game with this guy and he said something shitty and he immediately apologized after that hasn't happened in forever. You know, it's like these <laughs> testimonials of people actually starting to think about them. Oh shit. I'm actually being a dick. This is kind of bad. Right? So people want to, it's early days, but I would like to think that people will want to try to be better actors because there's going to be a direct connection between that and getting better games. That's, That's right. 
that's what we want, man. I, I'm so hopeful, and I really hope I don't get disappointed over the next couple of months while this gets rolled out. But, man, just uh, ticks all my boxes for what I really wanted for quality of life. I think the only one. thing that I would have liked, Amazing. although I don't know if they've even said that this is a thing, but when these new chests come out, or new people are back in the game that haven't played in a long time, they, I feel like the higher your behavior score, the more likely you're going to be on a newer player's team because you're not going to flame them. Do you think that that is a fact? I don't think it's ever been confirmed one way or another. I don't know. I, I mean, I, it's I hard wish for me that to was say anything about thing. it because I, ju I just don't have any personal experience to draw from, right? So I, I, it's literally just about yeah, testimonials me, from other players. Right, so and for me, I, it's I confirmation bias, right? I, I could just be extremely unlucky, but that's one aspect. Like, I feel like I'm being punished for having a good behavior score, getting newer people mm. on my team. Anyway... But yeah, this, this update is just knocked out of the park. Great job, Volvo. Uh, yeah. Hopefully more to come. So I guess another month until, or three weeks or so, until the Battle Pass replacement, which we don't know what it's going to be called. But that should be pretty interesting as well, I'm sure. And I, I guess as a final comment on this, it's also worth mentioning how we talked about, all right, they did this 10-year anniversary. There wasn't really much in it. I'm not saying this is a replacement for that. And that, you know, because... It's very clear that what they're doing here has been in the works for a long time. So this isn't just something they cooked up after that uh, anniversary. This yeah, which, taken which them a begs very the question, why wasn't this just part of the 10-year anniversary? I think part of the reason they didn't do that is that I don't think they wanted to celebrate 10 years of the game by saying, we recognize our game is toxic <laughs> as shit. Happy birthday, everyone. You know? So I actually, I think separating the two is a good call. <laughs> Uh, but I just wanted to give credit where it's due that they've obviously been putting a lot of work and a lot of time into this. So the fact that they didn't do a big celebration, I, to me, this is the best thing I could have hoped for if this works out well. And about the celebration thing, we're kind of back to where we talked about it. Like, did they even need to announce it then or make it seem like a big deal for people to then be let down? But what they're dropping here and saying that they're also dropping something late September is really, really good news. Mm. Um, so yeah, awesome shit. Good job, Valve. Okay, so with that, uh, real quickly, for Ability Arena people out there, I know I never actually talked about this on the podcast, but I, well, I brought up the fact that we had a video that explained everything. I just didn't feel like talking about it, and I still don't. Mm. Uh, but the TLDR is we took Ability Arena down because we can't monetize it anymore. And May it rest in peace. Yes, but we brought it back today. May it be revived in peace. Uh, it has been revived, but we won't be updating it like with balance stuff, fixing bugs, stuff like that. But I know a lot of people just wanted to play it. So we're just going to leave it up and let it kind of die naturally because uh, we are working on a new game outside of Dota. Uh, it's in the very, 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 very early stages right now. But it's exciting for Jenkins and I to venture into a new project Something outside of Dota is a bit scary, like I said, but... Uh, Which engine are you making it on? Unity. Okay. And we've assembled our team, so we're going to be getting started. And we'll probably do like a Kickstarter. I don't know if people are interested in that, but in maybe a month or a little bit more. So stay tuned uh, for some cool stuff, hopefully. So yeah, that's about it. But yeah, you can play Ability right now on the arcade don't send us bug reports. Thank you. <laughs>
if it's fucking broken <laughs> it's broke and that's the funny thing is we actually uploaded it and realized it was actually broken because with each dota update it breaks mm. half the custom games so right this will be up for probably a couple weeks <laughs> until it breaks on its own so it is what it is ladies and gentlemen yeah. thank you uh okay so thanks for watching everybody until next time suns fan cinder and signing out be sure to watch cinder and stream he's back everybody peace and suns fan stream no peace. just cinder and bye yeah watch my stream we say things that don't mean anything subscribe but thanks for to our twitch channels yeah.